I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, what do you got there? This is the new Ping G430 Max 10K driver. It's next level. I'll tell you, it's so impressive. We all know that Ping help you play your best. I've been using them for years. I wouldn't use anything else. In fact... This new driver, it's Ping's straightest and highest moment of impact driver ever. Holy moly. So on the course, what's that going to mean? How's it going to help golfers? Well, to put it simply, it means people are going to be hitting longer, straighter, and they're going to absolutely crack their drives off the tee. I could talk about it all day. It's that good. But the best thing to do if you want to check out how impressive Ping's new G430 Max 10K driver is, Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting and I'll see you out there with my ping gear. It's week 33 of the golfing calendar and we're live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. And today, well, we feel like changing the name of the show to Talk Matildas to me because the boys can't stop talking about the Women's World Cup. But we'll get to that. Now... This is Talk Birdie City with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Hey, I want to ask you, what's the most nervous you've ever been on a golf course? And the reason I'm asking you is because I watched those Matildas <laughs> and I was sick in my stomach watching those 10 shots that the French and our girls did. I was, I was sick and I could only just imagine the nerves in their stomach. So what was the most nervous you- you've ever been on a golf course? Well, the most nervous was my opening tee shot at the President's Cup, which I've probably spoken about before. But I've had a couple of chances to win golf tournaments. And putts to win golf tournaments, they're pretty nerve-wracking. So explain explain what you felt. (laughs) And in in one case, so I'll give you a prime example. The Heineken Classic back in the day. We played here at Royal Melbourne. Craig Parry and I went into a playoff. First hole of the playoff, he's held about a 25-footer for part, yeah. and I've got a 12-footer for birdie. So I'm thinking, if he misses, i just got two putts. But yeah. I thought, well, this is Paz. He'll probably make it, yeah. and he does. Right. So I got a 12-footer, and I thought, right, okay, let's put a good stroke on it. Pretty nervous, obviously, yeah. but ball didn't go in. As it turned out, I had three good looks for birdie in the playoff, and, uh, and I didn't make any of them. But I hit good putts. Yeah. They were from distance, but... They were pretty, uh, pretty nervy. So, did you have um, shaking hands? Did you have shaking knees? Did you just have a tummy full of butterflies? What'd you have? Uh, it was probably more in the hands in that regard. But again, it wasn't anything I couldn't handle. The, the shaking knees happened to me at the Presidents Cup. But yeah. I tell you what, watching, as you say, the Matildas, the soccer players, I, I was, I, I had to look away a couple yeah. of times. It yeah. was like, you know, the nerves were right there for me. And I was just watching. Yeah. Imagine what their knees were like. Yeah, you, you know who I was most nervous for? And this will sound ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Sam Kerr. Because it becomes reputational. Yes. It's a bit like uh, Megan Raponi, who, who ended up missing for America. You know, the Sweden kicked five. They got them all. The only girl who missed for America was the one with the blue hair. That's how people will remember yeah. her. Um, very political person. Uh, and she's missed it. 
uh, and I just I felt for her. I don't care what you think about yeah. her, but I felt for her because she's been such an ornament to American sport. And when Sam Kerr got up there, <laughs> you know, I've been in the sports media for a long, long time. I know what happens, and I was so sick in my stomach for her watching her. Well, at the same time, I think the two best penalty kicks from the Aussies that I saw, other than the final one, obviously to win, but was. Sam Kerr, yep. hers was just, as soon as she walked up, I, I always look at people's faces and, and how they're reacting, whether they're breathing heavily and things like that, calm as anything, and just yep. slotted it away beautifully. And the other one was Fowler. Fowler. What a penalty kick that was as well. To hit it with that speed in that direction, usually you hooked it into the left yeah. corner, but she just went flat, and it was an amazing penalty kick. It's incredible, isn't it, Nerves? Because, uh, um, you know, even, even in my soft 15-year career professionally, in the end, in Australian Open, so I'd get on the first tee of the Australian Open, and there were no nerves whatsoever. I'm here to play. You didn't have nerves on the first not, tee? Not at the Australian Open. I always did. Not at the Australian Open. I was I was ready to go. That was your problem. But <laughs> <laughs> you got to have nerves. But I, I worked up to it, you know. Okay. I worked okay. up to it. The first few, you know, of course there were nerves. But in, you know, Australian Open 6, 7, 8, 9, and, and, and so on, nerveless on the first tee. Wow. British Open, I was... I had shaking knees, I had shaking hands, I could hardly breathe. And then Ivor, whatever his name is, you know, on the G <laughs> from Australia, yes. Mark Allen. <laughs> I almost threw up hearing him say it because, you know, he'd, I'd heard it so often. And, of course, Brichot was just mm. the worst little popcorn, disastrous, straight right, popped up Where in the air. Carnoustie. See, my first Open was at the old course, St. Andrews in 2000, yeah. and my knees were shaken yeah. over that tee shot, and I was just thinking, I'm so glad this fairway is 100 yards wide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, so well done to the girls, and we, we wish them well tomorrow night. So who, who, who wins? Uh, we play England tomorrow night. Uh, who wins? Uh, we're we're going to win the lot. Well, I've already texted Wilbur, my caddy, because we were going Good. back and forth with the Aussies in the quarterfinal. England were in the, sem in the quarterfinal, and I said, mate, uh, I think we've got your number. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, so excited. I want to ask you something, okay? Because you and I do a lot of corporate days, and people who listen to this will do a lot of corporate days. I did a corporate day at St. Michael's in Sydney. I saw you were up there. Yeah. Who was that for? Uh, DLL. So they'll nice. look after your cash. There's a, there's a nice little plug for them. At St. Michael's. Hadn't been to St. Michael's for 30 years. Um, golf course was fantastic. Guess what? They've been doing some work, and there was only 16 holes. Really? So they played in Ambrose. And they played the Ambrose in under four hours because there was only 16 holes. Hmm. And guess what happened? Normally, after presentations and everything, there is a run for the front door to get out of there. Because things finished early and because the lunch was well done and, and, and professional, everything was, was good, we couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, we've spoken about gimmies a lot on this <laughs> uh, podcast just recently. They didn't have gimmies on the day, but I've done corporate golf days before where they do have gimmies inside a short putter length. Okay. And that reduces the time of play by half an hour. It should be mandatory, shouldn't it? From corporate golf from this point forward. You've got four people trying to hold a three-footer. I yep. mean, come on, let's just give it to them. I don't mind uh, corporate golf for sure. Yeah, yeah, just speed the day up. Just keep it moving. Any it's an Ambrose. Corporate days when they go for five hours and longer, that's an issue. Should be just a four to four and a half is enough. Well, they never want to come back. You know, that's well, true. I do mm. a lot of them. A lot of them. And if yep. it's a five-hour day, 
they want everyone to come back and support whatever charity they're looking after, they won't come back. So please, if you run corporate days, gimmies under a club length. That photo of St. Michael's you posted, that course looks incredible. Mm. Incredible. The stunning. views are stunning. Ridiculous. Well, I saw that on, was it Twitter or X or Twitter, whatever it's called? X, um, yeah. And I couldn't pick it because I've never yeah. played St. Michael's. I've yeah. been next door at New South <laughs> Wales Golf Club, but it looked gorgeous anyway. It was. So. It, was it was absolutely gorgeous. Just before we talk about the golf, I've got one more. Okay. Right. This is a long intro. Yeah, I know. Tommy Fleetwood, who I love and could have won. I thought he was going to do it this week. Yeah, you sent me a text message going, watch him. Yep. And I was barracking for him because I want him to win at some stage as well because I, I like watching him play. But uh, my respect went out for him a little bit more. You know, the golfers, they get the 12-inch tour bag and it's so heavy. Mm-hmm. Tommy Fleetwood doesn't. He gets the smaller one. He gets the queen size, you know? Ah, okay. And I like him for that. I don't know why that makes sense to me. I don't know why. But good on you, Tommy. You don't need a 12-inch tool bag. Nobody does. They are so big and so ridiculous, some of them. Well, his caddy was thankful as well, for sure. Yeah. So maybe it was the Memphis heat. Well, it looks nice and neat. Mm. Hey, oh, well, hey, while we're on that. <laughs> yeah. While we're on that. I know where you're going. Okay. Well, would you have ever worn shorts had you had the option of wearing shorts? Like, I think they should have been given that option this week. Uh, in the first week of the FedEx Cup Championships. Yeah, I, possibly. I, I'm, I'm more of a traditionalist, you know, wearing the pants at, at uh, golf tournaments, the, the caddies carrying the bag, for yep. instance, rather than pulling them on a buggy. I like that yes, as well. That's a must. So um, I could wear shorts for sure, but yeah. it's not a. It, the, the only thing is with some players, you just don't want to see them in shorts. That, that, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, see, I agree with all that. Yeah. I agree with all that. But what, what would be the trigger? So you see, to me, I think that I don't think you can just wear shorts willy nilly. Because hmm. I'm with you. I love the look that you, you want to play golf with the big boys or we're wearing pants. But the reason they brought in shorts um, all those years ago for the caddies is because we had a few accidents. You know, these guys <laughs> were carrying those great big tour bags stocked full of golf balls and waterproofs and umbrellas and all kinds of stuff. And we had a few situations when I was playing in America back in the early 90s hmm. of caddies passing out, hmm. like literally fainting and falling over mid-fairway. Well, that's understandable given they've got 30 kilograms on their back as well at yeah. the same time. So, so they players, brought, not so much. That's right. See, I'm with you. you, yeah. you, you it's okay. It's not, it's not too bad. But, you know, the caddies have been wearing shorts for a long time. Hmm. We see it in the live golf and well done to Cameron Smith. We'll get to that soon. Yes. Um, I, I reckon if the tour said, you know what, there's some really hot, humid weather coming up this week. Bring your shorts, boys, if you want to wear them. Yeah. And I think it would be a tour decision. Yeah. You could do it at tournaments like this one in Memphis, which is notoriously hot. Oh, I've played man. there before. Quite a golf course, actually. I, yeah, it's, it's not a great golf course, but it really suited me. I, I played quite well there a couple of times. But uh, Lucas Glover, by the way, we spoke about not wearing a glove. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he, If he'd have worn shorts, I think we still would have seen that butt sweat. He? <laughs> <laughs> he had some serious butt sweat going on. So. Now, here's, here's an early masterclass when it comes to yeah, please. butt sweat. Okay. Yeah. You either have to wear dark pants, yes. so it's not going to show, or very, very light pants. That's if you right. go with more the khaki sort of style. You're in trouble. Yeah, it's going to show. I'm sorry. And, and wasn't it, a good look. It's not a big thing here in Australia, <laughs> but in America, butt sweat... <laughs> is one of the most disgraceful things you could ever do. 
here in Australia, it's almost celebrated. You know, you want the um, what do they call it, Dan? You know, when the uh, the tradies, the tradies <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, cleavage, tradies cleavage, whatever it is, when their their backsides down. The plumbers, the plumbers, cle- yeah, yeah, plumbers cleavage. But over there, if you've got butt sweat, like you're shamed. <laughs> it's shameful, and and they really get stuck in here. Well, I'm fascinated by how he can sweat that much there and then not wear a glove and oh, not sweat in his hands. I don't I mean, get it. There was obviously a lot of towel wiping of the grips going on, but even bef- as you give the caddy back the towel and then you're gripping the club, I'm sure you're sweating already. So yeah. it was impressive. Though. Hey, we spoke about Lucas Glover last week and that, uh, well, I thought he was anchoring. I was pretty sure of it. And uh, we got Stuart McPhee on, a rules official. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a good look and he seemed to think, uh, yeah, it looked like he was anchoring to me. Did you notice this week... It didn't seem like it as much. Uh, you, uh, uh, we, we had a little word to Stuart McPhee, um, the rules official, before we started today. And he seemed to think that perhaps there was a little whisper. Might have been put on notice, you think. Yeah, mm. because there was no way it was anywhere near the level of closeness to his chest as I, there was this week. I got a couple of looks because most of the times when you watched him putt, the camera would always go down to the ball and the putter head, so you didn't really see much. But yeah. every now and then they'd have an angle where they weren't from behind and you're spot on. I think there was a little, not so much a gap, but he wasn't pressing into the shirt as mm. much. So it was, you know, whether they've had a word or not, yeah. I don't really know. But uh, It looked like it to me. Yeah. It, it, it was a different putting action. Mm. Mm. But you cannot deny the run he's on. I think the last, I saw a stat, these last 22 rounds, 21 of those have been in the 60s. Yeah. An incredible effort. And for his first 18 events this year, okay, I'll give you another stat. Yeah. His best finish was tied for 36 with nine missed cuts. So pretty average. Pretty, very average. In fact, poor. Yeah, poor for a player of his caliber. Given for a US Open champ. Yeah. And now he's fourth on the FedEx Cup list. <laughs> <laughs> Just incredible. So last week had one of the great putting weeks, uh, lead in putting. This week he was best in, um, uh, not sand saves, what do they call it? Uh, scrambling. Uh, scrambling, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, best in scrambling this week. And we're going to put it up on our socials, but certainly we had a good look at why he went to the log putter. Mm. That was one of the worst case. That was the worst ship I've ever seen. And a few people have got back to us. That pup was for a 60 back in the That yip that we've seen was, it was really? for a 60. Oh, my God. So he missed that one and then hold the next one for a 61. <laughs> so he's in a, he's, I mean, could you imagine? That, to me, that's probably where it started. I think it probably was, yeah. That was actually a shank with a putter if there is such a thing. Yeah, well, if, if, yeah, if the putter didn't have the shank at the top of the club then that would have been it could have been a reverse shank could have gone it could have gone left instead of right yeah he wasn't far of missing the whole ball correct yeah it was amazing but we got to put that video up so people know what we're talking about yeah we we will well sure think about the worst yip Mm. not not a heebie-jeebie the worst yip you've ever seen and get ready folks because this is it that was well ernie ells had a couple of good ones at the masters on that first green as well if yeah. you've ever seen a close-up of those oof, that was I, bad I, I know i know you've been in a couple of playoffs mm-hmm. i know you have and we saw an instance this week where cantlay um had quite a bit of time to wait mm-hmm. and that looks to me like one of the scariest drives uh, the 18th uh, uh it, it is yeah. i can vouch for that because i had a chance i needed a birdie the last one year 
to get in a playoff with Dustin Johnson, and I decided to hit in the water as well. But, <laughs> but I made a great bogey. <laughs> oh, well, it is a good bogey. Uh, yeah. yeah, well said. Patrick Cantlay ended up making a great yeah. bogey in the playoff as well. But I, I had to drop it way back, unfortunately. Mine, yeah, okay. Yeah, mine went in early. <laughs> so you'd know better than me. I mean, you've, you've kind of, what, three or four groups before the last group you finished, so you might have uh, half an hour to wait. You're still warming up, but then you go back out there, and it is an awkward drive by the looks of things. It is, yeah. Well, th- uh, but to be honest, my playoffs, I've been in the last group each time. Yeah, I, I force playoffs by screwing up. So, yeah. <laughs> so you never had the opportunity to wait? To wait, no. Warm I would have, up. I would have loved to, trust me. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, if you're in that situation, uh, I reckon an easier drive would have been reasonably handy. So uh, just, for sure, yeah. It, yeah. Is, it is the hardest drive on the golf course, on basically. Course. I think so. Yeah, it's especially, well, for a lefty, but for righties, I mean, it's not that difficult for righties. You've got to hit it up the right with a bit of a draw, but yeah. I mean, Cantlay's been there before. He should know what he's doing, but you're right. Maybe the weight had some same effect yeah. on him, but to be honest, you know, I, I don't think it played that big a part in that regard. Yeah. Um, but he's always just a tough player to watch anyway. So uh, spending a bit of time over the ball, as, as we've discussed before, but it was, you know, he, who did he play with uh, Rory? I was just, yeah. And I think I texted you beforehand. Yeah. It's going to be a tough day for Rory having to wait. But um, as it turned out, Rory played pretty solid. Pretty solid. Yeah. Mm. I think, uh, well, Cantlay shot 64 and Rory shot 65. Mm. So yep. uh, rock solid. The man who made the best move, yeah. and we're a little biased, uh, Cameron Davis. Yeah. Tied Even. for sixth. He went into the week, what was he, 62? Needed some sort of a top seven or eight finish, yep. I would imagine, to what get through to the top fifth 50. Or sixth? Shot a bogey free 67, finished tied for sixth. And that is huge because it gets him into all mm. the signature events next year. Top 50. That's gets enormous. You in. Mackenzie Hughes, he was the bubble boy for this particular moment, and he, I think, missed by one in the end. He was 50. One shot or one spot? One spot, 51. Oh, so, right uh, yeah, it makes it tough. He can still qualify for those signature events going forward, but uh, the top 50, that makes a massive yeah. difference. So JT was 71, Mackenzie Hughes was 51, 51. this week, and mm. someone's going to be 31 next week. <laughs> and it, it is great viewing, isn't it? I mean, it's just part of PGA Tour golf. That is another dimension mm. and, and, and fun to watch and something, you know, on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, you're kind of leading up to it. And, mm. Well, you know, two, two players knocked a couple of guys out. There was Cameron Davis. Yep. And the other one, this was the best one, Hideki Matsuyama birdied five of his last six holes to get in. He knocked out uh, knocked Hughes out. and Hardy. Oh, Nick Hardy and, and Hughes got knocked out. So uh, he finished 47 somewhere around then. It was a massive finish. Yeah, that is, that mm. is enormous. Um, Cam Smith now, he just uh, ripped through him. Absolutely oh. smoked everybody Team in that Ripper. field. Got the first win. First ever yes. win. Uh, that was that was big, wasn't it? Absolutely big because we have been laughing at Team Ripper for <laughs> we have, quite we, some time we because they've been hopeless. We haven't been laughing at them. But I they, have. Okay, you have. I've been laughing at them. You know who I re- was really happy for was Jed Morgan because he, he shot a 78 in the second round, a shocker, shocker, seven over, and he shot five under. In the end, it didn't really matter because I think they won by about nine team ripper. But yeah. it was just good to see him contribute and you know have a reasonable finish on the end. I think individually he finished about twenty seventh, something like that. But it's a huge. I mean, his payday was about nine. I was adding it up earlier, nine hundred and forty thousand US because he got seven fifty for the team and one ninety for his individual performance. Can, uh, Leishman also finished eight, so it was a good week for him. Yeah. So team ripper shot nine under in round three. Mm. They ended up winning by eleven shots. 
So well, yeah, well, sorry, eleven it was. There's That's eleven right, shots. Yeah. I got it right in front of me. Incredible. So just just amazing. Yeah. And let me just get up uh, Cameron Smith. What he did, um, uh, three hundred in the last round, but he had a banana peel start. Yes, a banana peel start, and, and it was always Mickelson was there with him, and it, then. So, so, so this is. Did what, you hear about Mickelson? What he did? So, so this is what kind of annoys me a little bit with Liv. In, in a, okay, and, yeah. and you know, uh, you know what, how we all feel about Liv golf yeah. and all that. But uh, I hadn't, I hadn't watched it, so I thought I'll go back, and, and they have highlight package, which yeah. is great. It's about ten minutes. You watch all the highlights, fantastic. And I was watching the leaderboard, and I thought, oh, okay, Mickelson's within two shots here. And then the next highlight they showed, Mickelson's not even on the leaderboard. Correct. And as it turned out, I think he dunked two or three in the water, made an eight on a par three. Eight on a par three. And we never saw it. I want to see that. I want to see the eight. But they only ever show the good stuff. We want to see the bad stuff. Do you, do you think they're doing that because the PGA pro PGA Tour people on X and whatever else would have a field day with it? I think do you so. think that's it? It's just their whole rah-rah attitude in that regard. I mean, you know, they're, they're always pumping things up. You know, this is the most important putt in the history of golf, basically, you know, at the end yeah. of the tournament. And, so, and we know it's not. I mean, yeah. what Lee Westwood, he finished 20 over this week and he takes home 20, 120 grand. Good luck to him. That's fantastic. Did he finish 20 over? Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, it was pretty high score. Martin Keimer finished 17 mm. over. Uh, Danny oh, Lee finished 15 over. Uh, Kepka's brother shot 14 under. <laughs> Hey, Cam Boy, Smith played. Cam Smith played with the Trump and the Pro Am. Did you see that? No, I didn't yeah. see that. I want to know what Trump shot. But apparently, Trump is a two handicap. Can you believe? No, that? he's not a two with that, with that golf swing. There is no way he's a two handicap. But I'll tell you what: for a bloke who's seventy-seven, he actually moves pretty well. He moves it all right. He, yeah. he moves it okay. He got a few hole in ones, no doubt. I'm sure Trump got yeah three, he, four hole in ones. He, he's mm. not. He's not a two marker. There is no way in hell a twelve marker. I'd pay. But not uh, two. Yeah, I'd say maybe single figures, but he'd have to have a good short game. <laughs> yeah, or a good four caddy. But it was well, a fan. Someone, someone, someone looking for his ball up front. Well, we already know he's got that. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> the Secret Service are up there kicking <laughs> balls left, right, and center out of the rough. But fantastic win for a Smith. But another great Aussie win, buzzed by Gabby Ruffles, by the way. Again! On the Epson Tour, her third win this year. Does she get a better field call-up? So... Have we spoken about this before? No, we've spoken about better food call-ups. Battlefield, we have. No, she doesn't. And the reason being is it got stopped in 2018 on the LPGA Tour. Oh. So what we mean by Battlefield call-up is if you win three times on the PGA Tour, you go to the main tour. If you're yeah, on the, the secondary, you get up to secondary, the main. Secondary, yeah. yeah. So what happened was the category you were given on the LPGA Tour was so far down, you weren't getting starts anyway. So right. they just said, scrap it, and she'll play the full schedule We'll see next you next year. year. No, yeah. exactly. So uh, that's three wins in 12 starts from her. It's very impressive. Okay. What do you know about Lilia Vu? I know a little bit. I know she won the major earlier this year, and she hasn't, I get this, apparently she hasn't been playing that well, but she's just gone to number one in the world. Is this... How does that work? I don't understand it. Well, she's won <laughs> what, a couple of majors this year. Is that Two right? Two majors, three wins this year. Yeah. That uh, uh, unfortunately, it's the wrong time zone for me, and I haven't caught up with it. But I caught up with the scores, and it was a, just a romp. But what I did notice about the Air Open Championship was Walton Heath. Mm. Now, I've heard so much about this joint. And there's been a few courses on TV lately that I really want to go and play, the LA Country Club being one of them. But this joint, Walton Heath, those, I don't know what the purple flowery bush that's, is that's called. That's the heather. The heather. Mm -hmm. Well, that was the most beautiful heather I've ever seen. You, and, and you don't want to hit your ball in there, trust no me. No way. <laughs> no way you don't. Um, but the, the way it was positioned in the bunkers and on top of bunkers and Heathland and, you know, boring little carries that would ordinarily be, you've got all this beautiful purple flowery mm. 
I don't want to call it Heathland because I'll get carved he- up. Heather. Whatever it is. Heather in the Heathland. Heatherland. <laughs> Do they call it Heatherland? No. They should. Um, it just looked superb. Mm. I was that wrapped with it. And then I flick it on the US Women's Amateur and they're playing at Bel Air Country Club. My God. How was that? I didn't um, see any of that. Unbelievable. So you got the Hollywood, uh, suburb of Hollywood, up in the Hollywood Hills, yep. you've got Bel Air Country Club. Did that look any good? I just snuck home before, and in the end, I'm fast-forwarding. You know, you can push the red button on Fox Sports, and you can go right back to the start. So I've gone all the way back, and I'm just going through it on, uh, you know, times 12 or whatever you can do it on. That's another course. Yeah. Well, the women are playing all the best courses at the moment. They are. For sure. It's well, what have they played lately? Pebble, Bel Air, this one, Walton Heath. Yep. Incredible. I've never played Walton Heath. It's in Surrey, just south of London, and I've heard massive raps on it before and it's it's one on my list for sure but uh the other thing i noticed because i watched some of the some of the event charlie hull oh god she has the Harmons going remember oh brian Harmon god. at the open championship yeah wow i didn't realize she did that i mean i know she's got a very fast tempoed swing but she also has the fastest look at the target ever, ever. known to man i mean i thought brian Harmon was quick but the other thing is there's about 12 to 15 of them it's amazing how yeah. many looks she has at the target. So you've seen it? Yeah. What did you think? Well, I, I just, it, it's not a pre-shot routine. I don't, it, you know, as golfers, you and I have been trained um, pre-shot routine-wise since we were 13, 14 years old. It's part of our makeup. Mm. And part of that makeup is, you know, Aaron Badley's coach, um, Dale Lynch, used to always say you could time Aaron Badley's uh, pre-shot routine. It was so metronomic that's the one thing i don't understand i'd half cop it if it was five looks every time in the same sort of rhythm but it's not sometimes it's four looks sometimes it's 12 sometimes it's 10 i just uh, to me it's just doesn't make sense in my golf Mm. mind what she's doing and i wonder how long her good form will last yeah well she is a hell of a player and and it obviously works for her. Some players, I remember Jack Nicholas back in the day, he was one where he would stand over the ball for as long as it took for him to get comfortable to hit the shot. Yeah. Now, I can guarantee for 99.99% of the population who play golf, that is not going to work. work. It does not work. You need to get over the ball, look at your target and react. So for her to do what she's doing, it obviously works well for her and she had a great win uh, when yeah. she finished second, but... It's a tough one to watch at the same time. Um, Cantlay does it a bit, but it's more slower looks. We yeah. saw Brian Harmon do it at the Open. That There's was... a lot of looks going on there. It's it's a bit like watching Novak Djokovic serve, yeah. how many bounces he takes, things like that. So it does work, but if you are out there for our listener, I wouldn't recommend copying it. No. Mm. But Is it a bit to, you know, we hear a lot of golf terminology thrown around, but staying athletic, is it, is she just, trying to get it in her head and just you know like i'm trying to throw the ball in that direction i'm trying to hit the ball in that direction i don't get what's going on to, to me it looked more like a twitch than anything it yeah, was I'm like a, you know which was, was twitching up at the target it was very very strange and so. and i did notice um some of the shorter shots with the wedges it did look twitchy did it okay. yeah the wedges looked twitchy no, body got body completely stopped mm. completely stopped through the ball and the clubs flipped over and went left um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a watch because she's she's very talented, very popular, and I hope she sorts it out. Well, 
maybe that's what she's done all the time. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, anyway, it's her style. It was a bit of a tough week for the Aussies. Only two made the cut in the end, Grace yeah. Kim and, and Minji Lee, who both finished uh, sort of in the back half of the field. But congratulations, Lilia Vu, because making mm. that number one on the Rolex rankings is something very special. Now, Nick, you and I, um, we're not everyone's favourite. I know it's going to be hard for you to believe. <laughs> We're not. No, not really. That's and, very and, easy to believe. And sometimes people <laughs> don't like the things that we say on this podcast. We apparently got some feedback that is stinging. Ooh. Yeah, so. Um, okay. And just brace yourself. Hey, I'm okay with that. Go, go get yourself a bag of snakes or something. And maybe I'll I need see. to. Maybe I need to <laughs> have a glass of shardy on the tenth day. <laughs> yeah, might be a bad idea. I'll see you on the tenth. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course, but as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties mm. as well, and plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth, or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you are all across Watch My Numbers. You are all over this like a rash. It does look pretty impressive. Look, one of the things I missed from my career that Nick enjoyed was having stats available. I never got it, except, for, of course, for Sand Saves, where I was number one. But I never got the look how close I was hitting my five irons, where my miss was with my driver. I never got it, and it was always just in my head. I didn't actually know the facts. And with Watch My Numbers, it's no longer a feel thing. It is a factual guide to what you are doing in the game. And Nick, mm. you knew how powerful that was playing in the US Tour. Yeah, we had what was called Shotlink over there, but I wish I'd have had this sort of an app for myself because weirdly... I was very much a field player, and I kind of stayed away from the statistics. But looking back, if I'd have had this, who knows? So it's got the pro level. It's got the elite level. It's got the low handicapper, the high handicapper. It covers everybody, and your stats will be assessed at your level, and you'll be pushed into the right direction because of the Watch My Numbers app. It's a beauty, folks, and I highly, 
Highly recommend it. I was on it the other day, and uh, subscribers get extra bonus content, including videos from you, Mark, doing some stuff as well. <laughs> Why are you laughing, man? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> hey, by the way, do you do it during or the round or after? Either way. Oh, really? Yeah, you can do it right there and then, or you finish your round and you put your own data in. So nice. you might have had a 150-metre 7-iron on the third hole at Metropolitan Golf Club. Put where you hit it from, you mark where it went to, and then you've got the real-time data at your fingertips anytime you want from that point forward. Watch My Numbers helps you master your game and play smarter by using data. Like the podcast? Oh, maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Are we right? We are good to go. Hey, we've got... A very big back nine to get through. We've got the feedback, we've got the results, we've got the top five, we've got the masterclass. And you got a little bit of news. I do. Yes, I saw during the week uh, Minwoo Lee confirmed for the Australian Open at the end of the year. Massive news, that, that is. is. That's fantastic. Really good. Now, we just need, as you said, Mark, earlier. Uh, Cameron Smith. Yep. Mark Leishman. Mm-hmm. Adam Scott. Mm. And there are question marks over those three just at the moment. I know that uh, Golf Australia are working very, very hard to get them to the Australian and the Lakes. But watch this space. Mm. I'm going to have a heck of a field, I think, yeah. at the end of the year. Uh, I think you'll see them at the PGA, all four of those boys. Good. Yes, mm-hmm. the, the Australian PGA. Um, but that's not the biggest uh, news for that family. No? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, Dan, the man over here. I don't think this needs to be brought up. Has I think it does. started out on Twitter again. <laughs> I wish I had your handle. Uh, and he's got 10 followers. 10 followers. Okay, I've got to start following you. I'm going no, no, viral no, 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 worldwide. That's not the news. <laughs> okay. One of his followers is Minji Lee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, that's oh big, I love that. That's bigger news than Minwoo playing the Australian oh, Open. I'd, I'd love to. I would have loved to have just been looking over her shoulder, and work, and just watch the moment well, she, she pushed it. follow to try and work out why. I've got no idea why she's following me. I love it, but I that's don't know fantastic. why. Oh, that's great. That is great. Oh, well, let, let's get to our caller, Evan Gale, who's, right. who's got some feedback for us. Let's see if he picks up. Come on, Ev. Hello. Is that Evan Gale? It is. How are you? Uh, it's Mark Allen here and Nick O'Hearn. Hey, Evan. Hey, no relation to, no relation to Terry Gale? No, I get that a bit. Yeah, okay. Where, and whereabouts do you play your golf? Yarrawonga. Oh, apparently he's looking sensational at the moment, Yarrawonga. Really? Okay. Listen to the podcast last week and I grew up with Jared Lyle in Shepparton and, um, and he was also a no-glove wearer. Jared Lyle. That's correct. Yes. Is that right? Yes, I remember playing with Jared at the at the Heineken. Remember, I was talking about yeah, earlier. He came with, third that year. Uh, correct. He That's was right. in the last group with myself and Craig. That that was the Jared Lyle Hello World tournament. That's, That's the where, one. where he first got uh, his name in lights. That's I'll tell you right. what. The other thing was his dad would have been much better off with the smaller bag too because he had to carry the big <laughs> one, and he was struggling that final round. Uh, okay, so Lucas Glover didn't wear a glove. Uh, Freddie Couples didn't wear a glove. And now, of course, Jared Lyle never wore a glove. Don't know how they did it. Are you a glove wearer, Evan? Yeah, definitely wear a glove. But um, yeah, Jared, he's um, he just had his hands used to sweat, and he used to use the Gripmaster kangaroo leather grips, I think, on his on his uh, irons and clubs. Well, I made famous right here in Australia those leather grips. I, c- I could never use it. I, every time I hit a shot with them, I felt like I had to clean my hands, <laughs> all the sticky stuff, yeah, like resin or rosin. 
be Pe- on your hands. Peter O'Malley, I think, had those as well. Pom, he uh, every every time I picked his clubs up, just to have a feel. Yep, I, my hands Ugh. would go sticky, so I know exactly what you mean. I couldn't use them either. You'd have to wipe, get the mm. towel out and start wiping the stuff off your hands the whole lot. Hey boys, the other thing I was going to mention: it's five years of Jared's passing on the eighth of August. Right, eh? So that was wow. a little while ago last week. Yeah, that's gone quick. Gee, that has, hasn't it? That, that's gone yeah. super quick. Well, I mean, just just ridiculous to get it as a kid. He was just starting to find some form back on the PGA Tour and the cop it again. It was just mm. ridiculous. He, what he was that, lad? one of the most uh, well-liked and well-respected guys on the tour as well. Everyone loved him. Yeah. And uh, had some golden hands through the ball. I used to love watching him swing the golf club. Good on you, Evan. Thanks for calling in, mate. We appreciate your feedback. Thanks, guys. Keep up the awesome work. Good on you, Evan. Evan Gale there from Yarra Wonga. It is looking good. Okay, it is time for some feedback. And um, I'm a little nervous. Well, you, uh, you Not should. Matilda's nervous, but a little <laughs> bit nervous. Okay. Lots of feedback, guys. Uh, a couple of questions for you and a couple of whacks as well, which oh. uh, I'm very much looking forward to. Three iron or driver or what sort of a whack? Three iron. Oh, okay. Is mm. it not, not too bad? Okay. And one driver. <laughs> Stephen Roche has written in and he said, uh, Hey, guys, I hear a lot of Aussie accents on caddies in the PGAT, LPGA and live. A challenge for you. Is there more caddies or more players on Ooh, set tours? That is a good question, Rochi. Mm. How are we going to find out? You, you, have you still got some, I mean, we could call Malcolm Baker the richest caddy in the whole world. Who? <laughs> True. Actually, I'm going to get Wilbur onto this. I'm going to say, hey, Wilbur. Yeah, my old caddy, Wilbur. Even though he's not caddying anymore, he, he knows all the guys that are still out there. And uh, and a couple of, I'll, I'll use a couple of sources in this regard. But um, the, the guy who's been on most of late is uh, Shay, who caddies for. Victor Hovland. Yeah. There's an Aussie right there. Plus, we saw, obviously, uh, Andrew Shuden yeah. on Cam. That's right. Cam Davis' bag. I reckon Courtsy's still out there somewhere. I hear his voice every once in a while out there. He's usually on the women's tours, yes. Yeah. Do we well. count? Dean yeah. Hurden's another one. Dean yeah. Hurden is another one? Yes. Malcolm Baker. Think... Well, let's just throw his name in there. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll do our homework, Rochi. It's a good question, it and is. we'll find out. At a guess, I reckon there'll be more Aussie caddies than Aussie players on tour. I think so too. Reckon we can report that next week? Yep. Yep. That's okay. a, well, it's Nick's homework. So <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Clobber him. Yeah. Fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah. Zach Thompson is talking about uh, the anchoring from last week. It's super close, but it doesn't look to me like he presses it into his shirt. To me, I reckon the pressure's going into his thumb. So Into his thumb. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's an interesting one. Look, we did have Stuart McPhee on, who is a very experienced rules official last week. And he seemed to think it crossed the line, and, and I think it crossed the line too. So I'll stay by it. But this week, in his second win, I didn't see one instance where I've gone, I'm, I, I was uncomfortable. This week I thought, I reckon he's been told. Yep. I reckon no, it's as simple as that. I think that's spot on. Last yep. week was a bit dodgy. This week looked fine. Looked fine. A couple more questions here before I get to the wax, because I'm holding them for last, because they're going to be a lot of fun. Okay. okay. Uh, Jake Cameron has asked, uh, boys, can we have a masterclass on downslope wedge shots from 30 to 100 metres, please? I'll do it next week. He works, okay. uh, and he plays at Lura Golf Club in the Blue Mountains. Okay. Beautiful up there. It's not so much about setup, it's actually what happens to the shot. So I'm looking forward to that masterclass next week. So you're saying it's not about, see, for me, I'm thinking setup. Yeah, hey. no, it, it, <laughs> setup's a big part of it. Okay. But what happens, particularly with the short shots off sure. downslopes. Yes. To the ball flight and distance is okay. part, a big part of it. All right. So Jake's asked for a masterclass. Chris Payne has asked for a top five. 
G'day, Nick and Mark. Keep up the great work. A good top five list could be best recovery shots. For example, the one where Tiger hits a massive cut around the tree from the fairway bunker and it spins sideways on the green was very, very impressive. Yeah, that, that's actually... I'll, I'll do it today. I'll, I'll do that one today. Yeah, you and and that, that, that Tiger shot that he's talking about is on will be on the list. That's one of the greatest shots I've ever seen. You better start writing then. All right. okay. Adrian Diggins has I got will. a question for you guys. Uh, hey, guys, can I get some clarification, please? I'm curious. I'm not questioning if it was a great round of golf, as it most certainly was, and congrats to Bryson for not just the 58 but the 61. My question is about those who have previously shot 59 before and what par was on the courses. Yeah, so it goes from 72s to 70s. Our guy Berger was a 72. Uh, the one other one I can remember, David Duval was a 72 in the 72. last round to go mm -hmm. on and win. So those ones are the most impressive when you shoot in the last round to win a tournament like Duval did. Then you had Furyk was a 70 or a 71. Appleby was a 70 or a 71 70. in his. That's 70. Greenbrier, yeah. Yeah. So you, you do we, get more weight when it's a par 72. We haven't had one on a par 73. Not that you get the odd par 73 course at all, yeah. uh, but I think that could be something... That'd be something special at some stage. Yeah, that'd be something special. Uh, and no women have done it yet. So that's gonna that's a big one to jump over. Oh no, Annika. Annika, excuse me. <laughs> I excuse think you did that me. Last time. <laughs> I've done that twice now. <laughs> Thank you. All good. DP World Tour, no fifty nine. Uh, well, there's one tour that's never had a 59. I'm sure there might have been, but anyway, I'll have yeah, to think about well, that. Well, that's my homework. Okay, I'll that's yours. Up, I'll look it up. All right, so we've got a message here from, and I, I, I think this is S. Casting. Is this uh, the three wood or the three iron or the driver? Oh, this is the driver, this one. Mm. Now, the subject here of this message is accusing Glover of cheating. Yeah, okay. Oh. Okay. Now, here's what S. Casting has written. And by the way, they're from the United States, so they're an overseas yeah. listener. Yeah. Along with discrediting Bryson's round because of modern technology and because he plays on live, these guys have become very bias-driven with surface-level opinions that would not hold up very well if truly challenged. Okay. Mm. So okay. it's not really a question. It's just he's just having a whack. Yeah, it's okay. I don't think we discredited Bryson's round. No. I, I thought we celebrated 58 it. was very impressive. We celebrated <laughs> his round with amazing driving and incredible putting. And modern technology-wise, it was just to talk about the new driver that he has in the bag. That's right. I think we also celebrated the fact that he shot the 61 the day before and that that was the lowest, lowest. ever 36-hole total in the history mm. of the game. And we celebrated that. So... I reckon this bloke uh, can just take that dummy out of his mouth and <laughs> go listen to something else. And Chris Hogman has written in. Hoggy. Hoggy has said, I like the podcast, but I hate the anti-live sentiment. I get that you two are ex-PGA Tour pros, but please, it's almost over the top. Live brings top names to Australia. PGA Tour takes them away, mm. and we rarely see them ever again. By the way, I purchased Nick's book all those years ago, so I'm a fan, just not of the anti-live sentiment. See... I, I don't look at you and think you're anti-Liv. Mm. I think you're very much like me yeah. to where you have Liv as your third favourite tour. We've said all along, I think there's a place for it. Yep. Um, but is it what we love watching? Not particular, no. which is fine. Um, yeah. I think when they have exciting finishes, it's great. And look, I was there at the Live Adelaide event and it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, the crowds were going nuts. We saw players we haven't seen in Australia for yep. a long time. It really opened my eyes to the whole thing. So I'm eh, not so sure about where, yeah. you know. Where, I'm with you. Yeah. I watched it on the telly. I thought it was one of the best things I've ever seen yeah. golf-wise on TV. I had a lot of people who went to Adelaide and they said it was the best event they've ever been to, no matter what sport. Uh, 
But as far as tour goes, it just doesn't, you know, it's, it's like the A-League ladder versus the EPL ladder. You know, we've got relegation and promotion and, um, you know, what, 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 you're finishing the top four. What is it? You, you've just got so many mm. different uh, storylines and scenarios in the EPL. Where in the A-League, it's just who finishes on top. And that's basically it. Basically. So to me, there's just more twists and turns in the PGA Tour. More players. Love seeing the kids coming through. Love, love, there's just more to love. And the DP World Tour as well. Yeah. But no, that's all right. Th- thanks, Chris, for the feedback. We uh, we take it on board. Griff, thank you for purchasing the old book. Yep. It must have been tour mentality. So get the new one, uh, How to Play Your Best Golf. That'll make you even better. I'm not taking it on board. <laughs> How's that for a plug? What, you're not taking his feedback on board? No, I'm not. <laughs> Wait, so th- you, hang on, you're going to throw a wobbly because some bloke doesn't like what you say sometimes. I just said it's my third favourite tour. So I've got it. It's in, it's in front of, what's the secondary tour in the States? Uh, the Corn it's in, Ferry Tour. It's in front of the Corn Ferry. It's in front mm-hmm. of Asia. It's in front of the Sunshine Tour. It's in, sh- in front of the Canadian Tour. What about MENA Tour? Is it in front of that? It's well and truly in front of the MENA <laughs> Tour. It's just not in front of the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. I think you sound a bit defensive. I'm very defensive. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, that's the feedback for the week. All right, Nick, your time to shine. Uh, the results that no one's talking about, but we're really interested in. <laughs> I do. I, I quite like this. I've grown to love it, in fact. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I wasn't good, so sure at the start, but now I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, there wasn't many other results. There is a couple of little ones that I wanted to make mention mm. of. Uh, you were just talking about the Corn Ferry Tour, which was uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. Alejandro Tosti. How's that for a yeah, really good. Italian name? It was, he shot 9 under 62 to win that golf tournament. <laughs> Very impressive. Uh, Curtis Luck was his lone Aussie to make the cut, tied 42nd. So he's just plugging his way Still there. Still cracking along, Still isn't he, Curtis Luck? Yeah. yeah. Dimi Papadatis, he missed the cut, unfortunately, but... Um you know, they're still kind of hanging yeah. around, those guys. Um, Dimmy's still got the best biceps in the world of golf? Could have. Yeah. Could have. Very yeah. short backswing, too. Actually, on that, um, yeah. Dimmy's yeah. got a very short back. We spoke about a little Trevino-ish. Yeah. Lucas Glover and John Rahm, very short backswings. Yeah. And they're going pretty well. They must. Yeah. We may have to talk about short backswings at some well, point. Well, uh, let's just put it in the, in the memory bank that there's got to be a top mm. five best ever short Shortest, backswing yes. golfers I like at it. some stage. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Uh, Champions Tour, another big, there was a lot of big big winners. Mm. Uh, Seven-shot win by Stephen Ames over Miguel Angel Jimenez. I used to love watching Stephen Ames swing the golf club. He was a flusher. I also loved when Tiger Woods uh, absolutely yes. caned him in mm. match play when <laughs> Stephen Ames said something bad about Tiger Woods. Or Well, yeah, Stephen said, I think they asked him before the match, you know, how do you fancy your chances? And he said, well, I, I really fancy my chances given the way he's driving the ball at the moment. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And he won uh, nine and eight? Nine and eight. Nine and eight. That was Tiger's response wow. to the interviewer saying, so uh, what did you feel about Stephen's comments? And he said, Nine and eight. Nine and eight, yeah. <laughs> that was a good, a good reply. That, he so walked good. off after 11 holes. <laughs> just back, back to the clubhouse. Don't, <laughs> don't poke but, the bear. Uh, uh, ripper. From an Australasian perspective uh, in the Champions event in Washington, Steve Olker tied third. Another good one. He's just a money-making machine like at the moment. He's taken, he's taken your human <laughs> ATM uh, moniker. He can have it. Uh, but my good mate Stuart Appleby, good to see him playing well again. Seven under 65 in the final round to finish tied for fifth. Has Rich- he cut his hair or is he still trying to chase down Aaron Bedley for long Jesus-like hair? I don't know. I haven't seen Stuart in a while because it's not televised, so I can't yeah, really okay. tell. Right. 
I'll have to get uh, Alana to ask Ash that one. So his wife. Put that um, some more homework for you. More homework, yes. Uh, tied 13th was Rod Pampling and Richard Green. So Greeny going along well as his Pamps. Come on, Greeny. You need to finish in the top 30 to not go back to tour school next year for someone who didn't play much in America. Is that how it works? That's what Peter, that's, that used to happen to Peter Senior. I think it's top 50 now top 50 on the now, Champions. Okay. I think. Oh, I could be wrong, though. I hope that's wrong. More, more homework. All right. uh, the US Women's that Amateur that you mentioned at Bel Air, yeah. uh, the furthest Aussie was, or furthest player to get through from an Australian perspective, was uh, South Australia's Caitlin Pierce. Did she get to the quarters? Round of 16. Oh, good so, idea. very good, uh, good result. Stuff. She was in the quarterfinals of the British Amateur a month ago, so she's having wow. a good run from, good uh, stuff. from Caitlin. And I think that's about it on the results front. Just going to say this week we've got the BMW Championship in Chicago, the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. The LPGA and the DP World Tour are playing a tournament together called the ISPS Honda World Invitational oh, that's good. I like that. in Northern Ireland. And Live Golf, they have five weeks off now. Mid-September, I think they play next. But here in Australia, we've also got the Northern Territory PGA Championship on part of the Aussie schedule. This so week? Out. That's this week. Oh, good. Mm. Good, good, good. Um, Live Golf, I'll tell you what, how many how many big $3 million cruisers will be just uh, stocking up and the big fishing trip? Ooh. Just about to be organised. Do you think? Yeah. I reckon. Well, did you, um, and did you see earlier in the week, I know we haven't really spoken about this, Mickelson with the new book that came out, Billy yeah. Walters? Did yeah. You see the gambling is like yeah. whew, a billion dollars over the years. Betting on the Ryder Cup when he was mm. playing in the Ryder Cup. And Rory's comment. Rory, <laughs> what the hell were you doing? Mm. Anyway. Now the pressure is going to be him on him in the Ryder Cup. Yep, for sure. A bi- sorry, a billion dollars. Well, the... Yep. Turnover. The story was, yeah, you know, if he goes through how much he used to bet on certain things, certain games, and everything, um, roughly around you know, more than a billion dollars is probably dollars. what he's bet over the years, over thirty Goodness years. Me. Yeah, it's impressive. I, I read an excerpt of the book, and apparently, uh, it was the first round of the NFL, and he booked out a monster suite mm-hmm. at the Bellagio. Everyone jumped in his plane. Um, he had uh, five or six TVs all set up in the room at the Bellagio um, and it was time for everyone to go down and put their bets on and he's with, you know, Hall of Famers left, right and centre and he got all the Hall of Famers to put their bets on first because he said when he put his bets on it would move the odds significantly. <laughs> so that's the sort of cash he was gambling with. Oof. Anyway, it's time for... The top five. And thank you, Chris Payne, for setting this through. Uh, and thanks for making me do this so quickly too, Dan. Um, but I'm happy to help. The top five greatest ever recovery shots. There's and a couple of players who have to be on this list. Yeah, well, you'll find that they dominate. Okay. They, right. they dominate, in fact. So at number five, the Seve shot off his knees. There was 60 of them. There were 60 of them, and they all sit at number five. (laughs) (laughs) He was a freak off his knees under a bush. Have you ever tried it? Hit a shot off your knees? Yeah, I always go, I either hit the ball a foot behind or completely (laughs) air swing it, one or the other, because I don't know how you do it, because the... Even you can grip down as far as you like, but mm. the toe still sits up a million miles. So I don't know how he was doing it. Well, I think he did it with fairway woods a lot. That's the that's the key. You don't oh. want to do it with the iron because that just digs in. Okay. Uh, Chris Payne, uh, the shot of Tiger Woods out of the fairway trap where he cuts the ball, not only out of a fairway trap, but around a tree. Yes. 
and gets the ball to spin towards the hole as well. There was about five different reasons why that was one of the greatest ever recovery mm. shots. That was at the, I think it was 2019 WGC Mexico. Right so yeah. look that up on YouTube. It's unbelievable. It's a ripper. And, and that sits at number four. At number three, it is another Tiger Woods shot, and it's an iconic one. And I'm going to call it a recovery shot because he was just hitting so far away from the hole, and that is Augusta. 16th hole, goes on to win Chris DeMarco, beat Chris DeMarco in a playoff. Could be the greatest Nike commercial ever. Greatest Nike commercial ever. Hmm. Uh, and by all reports, the worst ever equipment. They stopped making equipment, <laughs> Nike, but Tiger was using a driver that was no good. What was it called? The Sasquatch or something, wasn't it? Oh, the, yeah. No, nah, that uh, I tell you who used to use the Sasquatch was uh, KJ Choi. Ah, yes. Used to wear, That's used right. Yeah. Sasquatch I remember. <laughs> he won <laughs> tournaments using that thing. Yeah, I played with him when he was using it. Oof. Anyway. Worst ever noise. Yeah. Worst ever driver noise. Uh, there's another top Frying five. pan. Yeah, it was a disgrace. <laughs> so Tiger, 16 at Augusta. Uh, at number two. Now, this is a double recovery. This is rare. The great Seve Bellasteros, don't know what tournament it was, but it was in Europe, and he hit a shot right. He just made a number of birdies in a row to get into a winning position. He gets to one, I don't know, a metre, maybe two metres short of a wall that was three metres tall. Uh, Billy Foster, his caddy, is begging him, begging, begging mm. him to chip it out sideways. He grabs not the sand iron to hit it over the wall. He grabbed the pitching wedge to hit it over the wall. And he did it somehow. The ball didn't go on the green, but it was short of the green. And then Semi Bellasteros got up and chipped it in. Uh, there's a plaque. You've played the tournament, I have been there. there. I've looked at the plaque and I've looked at the wall and gone, how? Yeah. How did he do it? And and you're spot on. There's there's a video of Billy Foster talking about, um, you know, look, Sevi, you got to yeah. you got to chip out sideways. Go you just can't do it. And he goes, no, 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 I have this shot. I have this. And yeah. Oh, my God. And he just let him give him the club and walked away, yeah. just shaking his head. Just shaking his head. And Billy, uh, the way Billy tells the story, because he tells it, he, took, <laughs> he didn't take the stand out. He took the wedge, you know, the way he says it. It's yeah, just... It was crazy. It was at the Crans de Sierre yeah. in Switzerland. He never used a 60-degree stand on in his life, no. Sevi. Just a 56. Mm -hmm. that, was didn't, a, that was good enough. Didn't need it. And at number one, this is a shot that I saw. My playing partner saw and nobody else. This was at uh, the Australian Players Championship and it was at Royal Queen, uh, Royal Ca Canberra. Okay. And I was playing with Peter Fowler. Oh, okay. Now, Peter Fowler shanked it, shanked the <laughs> shot off a par three. And his ball, now I've got to do my best to describe this shot. He would have been in, the, well, he's in the trees because he shanked it. And he's 40 metres short of the pin. And it's in a position where he's under a pine tree. So he's on pine needles. And he has to keep a ball low under a branch. And if he goes directly at the pin, he has to go over a bunker. And the pin was cut four steps past this bunker. And it had if, if you went that way, it was also going to land on the downslope of the greenside trap. So, so he's well, got nothing, basically. He's got nothing. Mm. He's got to go out left. Anyway, he starts doing this weird kind of back to practice swing, bending the elbows, chopping down, dust going everywhere, <laughs> pine needles going absolutely everywhere. And he hits this shot that comes out low. It landed on the downslope 
over the trap and somehow spun <laughs> and it went to one foot. It was impossible. I still dream about it. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous shot I've ever seen in my life. Well, Tookie has one of the most ridiculous short games you've ever seen. I asked him about it because he, he, he won the Australian match play and an Australian Open at Kingston Heath where I'm a member. I see him down there every once in a while. Oh, right. And last time I saw him, I asked if he remembered it and he said he did. Oh, wow. And he okay. said it was the best recovery shot he's ever hit in his life. Oh, that's saying something. That is something. And I was there to see it. My anyway, goodness. what a shot. Peter Fowler's nickname. Chucky. Has there ever been anywhere, anyone who's got the surname Fowler, whose nickname wasn't Chucky. <laughs> no. It was actually good because he was also slow as a chook as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it fitted him twice. Anyway, it is time for the Masterclass. Okay, this week's Masterclass is around a couple of the chip shots I saw in Memphis. We had a Lucas Glover on the ninth hole, hit a little toe-down chip shot mm. from the front, just in short of the green. And also, I think on the 10th hole, Patrick Cantlay, who hit a little uh, chip shot out the toe. That wasn't quite so much a toe-down, but it was slightly out the toe. But that's what the Masterclass is going to be on today, the toe-down chip shot. Now, you may have done this before, Mark. I can't remember, but it's worthwhile revisiting because it's such a useful goal. Uh, chip shot on the golf course especially when you get the ball just sitting down a little bit in a de in a depression or if there's a bit of grain involved if you're into the yeah. grain that's a very good shot to play because grainy grass is never easy to chip off and we talk a lot about using the bounce and things like that you can do that in grainy grass but if it's sitting down a little bit the toe down shot is much better mm -hmm. and the way to play it is you just get a much closer to the ball they have the shaft a little bit more vertical and because you are much closer, the best way to grip the club is with the putter grip. Yep. Because if you take your normal grip, it's very hard to get your hands high enough because the way the club should sit in your hands just doesn't work for this for this particular shot. So use your putter grip, put the ball back in the stance, uh, get the heel uh, off the ground, the toe is behind the ball. You like to play it with a slightly closed. Slightly closed, yep. yep that's Don't right. mind that at all. Cantley did a little bit of that on the 10th. He sort of hit a little hooded shot, which yep. worked well. Glover didn't do it, but I'll put a video up on sh on socials a little later. But it's a great shot for a little bump and run around the greens. Now, you can use a pitching wedge, sand iron, seven iron. Raymond Floyd was one of the best at doing best this. At yep. He used to get six inches off the green and he'd just pull out a six iron and chip and the little mm. toe down shots and it was amazing how good this guy was. And I think they made mention of it in the coverage when, when I watched it this morning. But uh, great shot to have around the greens, put it up on the socials and those little bump and runs out of tight lies, tough lies, you'll never look back. Yeah, and I've shown a few people this uh, who I play with and that's the they hit all their chip shots like it really? these days because mm. it's it because it's, it's not for a long it's not for a long chip shot though no. as far as you don't want to have a big backswing just a short backswing yeah it's a short it's a putting stroke yep. it's a putting stroke chip shot um, but they use it a lot they don't put the sole flat on the ground anymore mm -hmm. and it is a good one it, it doesn't require a hell of a lot of practice just a little bit of know-how yes and if you've got a bit of the chipping heebie-jeebies it's a Ooh, great yeah. shot to have the matildas on wednesday night it's going to be absolutely enormous we wish them well and please girls don't torture us with another penalty shootout no that'll be i'm going to be texting wilbur back and forth i'm sure yeah beautiful see you next week oh there it is that's nick o'hearn and mark allen's podcast talk birdie to me now if you haven't subscribed yet Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll never miss an episode.
And if you can share with a friend, well, that'll be awesome too. Talk Birdies Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. <laughs>